Talk 93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And good morning and welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the CEO Roundtable. Great to have you with us this morning. Very pleased to welcome uh, the owners of Coil Construction, a locally owned uh construction company right here in uh, Columbia, Missouri, family owned. Uh, welcome, Randy Coyle and David Coyle. Good to have you guys. Good morning, Fred. Uh, thrilled to have you guys this morning. You guys have a great story to tell. Um, I thought I would maybe start off with you, Randy, and, and uh, have you talk a little bit about uh, Coyle Construction, how it got its start, and uh, just talk about it. My understanding, you've been around 40 years, is that correct? More than that, of course. 42, maybe? 45. 45, wow. Uh, talk about the, the, the 45 years and any benchmarks and, and just basically how you got started. Well, you know, I was one of those uh, one of those kids that grew up in um, in Kansas City and and uh, came to the University of Missouri back in 1969. And and you know, from from the very beginning, I really fell in love with this town. Um, I wanted to stay here, and so even when school was out, I had odd jobs here and there. I thought, you know what, this is this is a great place, and. We started doing a little bit of remodeling work back in those days. This was in uh, 1975, and um, um, the recession kind of hit. We were really thinking we were going to try to get into real estate, but as you may recall, uh, interest rates went into literally the teens back in those days. And uh, what we did was we provided some remodeling services that uh, was flourishing, maybe not the ground-up stuff and, and things that uh, some of the larger construction companies weren't interested in doing. Um, but from there, uh, it just kind of grew. Um, and uh, we took on more and more projects. And, and finally, uh, back about, um, well, let's see, Sam's Wholesale Club uh, was probably one of the big benchmarks in, in that period of time. Uh, when we started, um, that was a 200 100,000 square foot building out here, of course, on on Broadway in 63. And uh, that was built about uh, 1990. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So that was a big project to go from remodeling to uh, a 200,000 square foot retail space. That's, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was over a span of some years from from seventy five to ninety. Yeah, uh, what else stands out? Uh, what were the other big projects? Did you look back, kind of the pinnacle projects uh, that uh, helped establish Coil Construction? I think there's a, a you know you've kind of got your favorite projects that you've worked on, mm-hmm. and then there's of course resume projects and and uh, that are out there. But uh, and then there's a lot of things that people just recognize in the community from 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 years. Uh, of course, Sam's and, and and Walmart both out there uh, at the Broadway Shops area and all the Broadway Shops areas for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we built um, along with um, um, right now currently Shelter Insurance, uh, terrific. Uh, uh, 200,000 square foot, um, uh, 100,000 square foot building over there for them. Uh, that's been uh, been great to work with uh, Matt and the folks at Shelter. Um, Boone Hospital, when they decided to go out south of town, 
uh, iconic building uh, out there that represents uh, a lot of the style and architecture represented uh, in, uh, in in our own Boone Hospital on Broadway. Um, you know, um, Williams Keepers, uh, all their interiors, uh, State Farm, which is now VU, done a lot of work for Central Bank, and we built the Addison South out here recently. Um, and one of the, one of my favorite projects uh, over the years uh, was building the uh, Warren Springs Ranch. Oh, yeah. Ran Hauser Bush yeah. and, and the Clydesdales. Yeah, pretty cool. David, when did you get involved in the business? Well, Fred, I, I grew up in the business. Right. <laughs> uh, started uh, started when I was about 15 years old, mm-hmm. uh, sweeping floors and, and then working as the shop boy uh, over summers. Um, so, um, so That yeah, kept really you in school, didn't it? A lot of the people. <laughs> yeah, it did. That was one of the first uh, things uh, the one of our shop managers told me at one point is you don't want to be – you don't want to be uh, doing this forever. You need to go to college and get yourself, a, you know, an education. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I certainly did, but but I love the people I work with and, and love what I do. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a really natural fit for me to to, um, uh, to move up through the company. Do you remember how old you were when you said, you know what, um, as you kind of watched your dad go to work every day and uh, seven days a week, was there a point where you said, you know, that's what I want to do? You know, I I kind of I kind of watched my dad growing up and, and admired him and, and, and he's always been a big uh, big mentor of mine in my life and, and, and I wanted to be like him and certainly uh, be a business owner. Uh, it really wasn't until uh, my senior year of college that I made a decision to, to join Coil Construction full-time and, and, and at that point there's a great opportunity for me. It was the Anheuser-Busch uh, Clydesdale Ranch. I, mm-hmm. I spent the year, first year and a half of my uh, professional career on that, that uh, 300-acre farm uh, out there on the site and, and kind of transitioning from, from a field guy to, to an office, um, you know, um, uh, to an office, uh, construction manager. So, um, so yeah, it was really, uh, really no one single point, I guess. It mm-hmm. just, uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, continuing to work with, with, with my dad. I saw a lot of opportunities and, uh, under his, uh, leadership and influence and, and, um, um, you know, and the job's fun. I just yeah. enjoyed it. Did you worry about the life cycle of, of the construction industry? Uh, did you worry that, hey, you, you saw something that had sustained your family for 30 years. Uh, what uh, what led you to believe that this might be viable for the next 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's kind of one of those essential things, right? Uh, food, water, shelter. And, and I always saw, um, you know, uh, people always needed uh, space. It's just one of those essential things. That's what humanity does is, mm-hmm. is we build environments around us and we change them. And, and though the needs of our societies will change, um, you know, I, I think as long as we continue to be cutting edge and, and be good at what we are, at what we are doing, um, that that's really never been a fear of mine, just to, to really keep keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, Randy, I want to uh, shift back over to you and, and just talk about how you have seen your industry change in the last 40 years. And and uh, what's different uh, from going back to 1975? Uh, what what do you see as the biggest differences in the business today? Well, I define some of that as certainly regulatory uh, differences. Um um, when we started business, I mean, OSHA wasn't even around yet uh, to, to, to any extent. And um, uh, in, in the EPA uh, and other things, of course, have changed. I think those are all positive things. I know some people frown on, on regulation. But, but, but actually, uh, in terms of what we do now, 
our safety record compared to those days, um, and 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 how we're how we're putting up silt fencing and taking care of the environment as we're building, being more responsible when mm-hmm. we're building, uh, both for the people that work in the field and 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 in terms of the environment and folks around us. That's one of the big changes over the period of time. I think the other the other big thing, of course, like any industry, is just technology. I mean, we we don't use shovels and hammers like we used to use them. I mean, we dig a ditch now. We've got a mini excavator inside a building, perhaps, or um, folks uh, are, are are in equipment that that uh, is driven by GPS, and um, it's not. Uh, a lot of folks would look at the industry and think, "Well, gee, it's backbreaking work." Well, you know, it takes more. It takes more mind now and less body yeah. than it did. Yeah. You know, I've been able to work with you on a couple of projects as a board of trustees. Uh, we, we were your client on the Boone Hospital South edition. And then when I renovated uh, uh, the building where the Bard Owl is, now you did that work. And, and uh, just, in, you know, incredible uh, uh, expertise and professionalism. But one of the things that, I, that sort of stood out to me was that you have some old guys working for you that have been with you a long time. And, uh, I think of, uh, Kevin Buckler and a few other folks, but talk about some of the, um, retention that you've had with, with some of your key employees. Well, I, that, you're right. We have some uh, folks that have been with us almost since the beginning. We have people that have uh, we have several that have crossed the 30 year mark and and 40 uh, year mark with us, both field and office personnel. Um, and and I think that's uh, that, that that part of legacy has been pa- is starting to pass down as we're we're hiring uh, some folks here. You know, it, it, we see a lot of statistics about people jumping jobs, uh, especially. Uh, generationally now, and um, we really worked hard at developing a culture that is a blend of, of, of both maturity and, and 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 some and some young younger bright folks that are coming in with great ideas. And uh, we now uh, Kevin knows how to turn his computer on now. I'm joking <laughs> if he if he's listening this morning, based on some of the folks we have. But uh, you know, it's collaboration, uh-huh. um, but generationally. That yeah. has been just absolutely fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, and and I, you don't see that in a lot of businesses. You know, uh, you know, when my father went to work, he he worked for the phone company for forty two years. You know, and so it's kind of you don't see people staying with companies the the uh, like that anymore, and and so it's that's kind of an unusual um, benefit that people probably don't think about. So. Um, I want to talk just a little bit more uh, about the last uh, 40 years. How have the clients changed? I mean, you, you know, are they more sophisticated than they were? Do they have higher expectations? But, you know, back when you built the Sam's Club uh, versus uh, building uh, your latest project, uh, which uh, is probably you're building the new headquarters for uh, Midway, uh, Midway USA, right? Correct. Okay. So how is that, how is that different from, from what it was uh, back in 1990? Well, uh, most of most of my career has been 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 in the in the private sector. Uh, some in the public sector, as you said, uh, with the uh, with the trustees, absolute pleasure to work with. But the delivery method there uh, was one of uh, design, build, and 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 um, uh, construction management. And um, 
So what has changed, I think, over the years is that back back in the 70s, almost everything was hard bid uh, delivery type method. You, you have an architect draw a set of drawings, put it out to bid with several contractors, and then um, uh, they have no input um, uh, on it. Uh, and then if there's something wrong with the drawings, there's going to be a change order or whatever. Um, and you're kind of stuck with, with that. The Nowadays, the clients that we work with more and more collaborative in in their own companies, and so whether it was uh, the trustees or whether it was uh, Midway or whether it was Shelter, uh, they bring um, a lot of different folks to the table and sit down and try to work out solutions and, and to challenges that might be uh, in, in theirs. Whether whether it's uh, has to do with cost, whether it has to do with schedule, uh, complexity. Uh, whether it has to do with integration of uh, certain types of uh, process, whether it's operating rooms, or whether it's uh, some sort of uh, integrators that uh, are, are assembly lines. Yeah. And uh, putting those together, getting everybody in the room, understanding each each challenges. Here's how hard that is to build or how easy it is. And then you go, oh, well, if that's easy, let's let's go that direction, mm-hmm. if that, uh, you know, especially if that costs less. Yeah. And, and, and that type of collaboration is is really what has it's become more popular that that delivery method over the years and now it's being adopted in the public sector yeah david talk about your um your education and sort of what uh you saw as the low-hanging fruit when you joined the company full-time um tell us about your degree first oh my degree well my my degree is actually um uh, in in English, um, um, degree. <laughs> I have a variety of different uh, yeah things uh, uh, that, that I studied in my undergrad, but, uh-huh. but then I I, um, I got that at uh, then in Southern Methodist University in Dallas, and um, but I uh, came back came back home to Columbia where I got my MBA from the uh, University of Missouri and uh, solidified me here as a tiger. Yeah. Um, so in that uh, that was part of kind of our our business uh, transition plan to kind of um, kind of bring me in the fold and. and become um, become an owner eventually. So. Yeah, that, that that MBA program at Mizzou is pretty darned impressive, and I, so I know that you uh, probably came in once you turned taught everybody how to turn on their computers. What what did what was job number one? What did you see as the lowest hanging fruit when you first joined the company? Uh, when I first joined the company, in terms of uh, what to, what the change or yeah, just sort of a, you know, hey, uh, this is uh, this is how we're going to take it to the next thirty years. Sure. Well, kind of to, to piggyback on on the, what my dad was talking about a minute ago, um, the expectations of of, uh, of uh, our clients is changing. You know, mm-hmm. HGTV, and uh, everybody sees these great three D renderings and walkthroughs, and and um, you know, using software on 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 computers and remodeling a space in in ten days. And these are all expectations that that uh, our clients are uh, have of us, and and it's um, and we've responded to that. We're using drones now for photography and and uh, mapping out um, uh, you know sites. Uh, we can produce three D three D renderings. Those internal capabilities to show and communicate uh, using photography and software in the field. And we just had a, held a lunch and learn today on uh, the different um, uh, you know the different. Um, um, you know capabilities we have, video uh, capabilities and, and 3D modeling capabilities we have for 
uh, for our, our during our presentations uh, to owners. And yeah. so uh, that was that was kind of the the natural thing in, in how we embrace technology moving into the future. Yeah. Well, we're up against a heartbreak here. When we come back, we'll we'll talk with David and Randy Cole about the the whole concept of design build, smart technology, uh, and construction management. Some new things in the industry. This is the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk ninety three nine The Eagle. You're listening to Inside Columbia with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And we're back on the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, your host this morning. Good Saturday morning to everybody. We are visiting with David and Randy Coyle, the owners of Coyle Construction here in Columbia. And uh, we've been talking about... um, the last 45 years and what the company has, how the company has transitioned and evolved uh, through that. I want to talk about something that uh, Randy mentioned uh, a couple of times in the first segment, and that, that's this whole concept of design build. Uh, you tend to hear that a lot, but but uh, unless you're closely involved in the business, you may not have an understanding. But David, help our listeners understand the concept of design build. What does it mean? Sure. Well, um, as opposed to a traditional design bid build process where an owner would contract with an architect and a builder uh, separately, uh, the design build um, delivery method is uh, where the owner would contract with a design build firm. And all the responsibilities and uh, accountability, for that matter, um, is with one firm. And uh, it comes with several benefits. One, it's convenient because you have one uh, one contract to worry about, one person responsible uh, and accountable for, for a lot of things. But it also um, is is uh, part of a new uh, delivery method that uh, promotes uh, collaboration and communication among all trades from the very beginning. Bringing your builder to the front of uh, of discussions is uh, can help uh, manage budgets and um, to, uh, and understand means and methods and logistics of uh, of sites. Um, it also helps. Uh, there's a speed component to it. It helps bring um, deliver these uh, buildings to uh, to market sooner. Uh, we can oftentimes accelerate or do things in par- in parallel during design and building at the same time. Mm. And additionally, it comes with potentially saving save some some costs on the uh, on the front end as well. Yeah, interesting. So, does that in- increase your liability for the project? I mean, is that something that kind of puts more responsibility on your shoulders? But does it also give you more control? Um, I would say it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say it, it, it. It's it's one of the ways uh, owners look to uh, to you know mitigate or manage their risk. You yeah. know, and and there aren't these conversations. Well, you know, um, it, it, it reduces a lot of finger pointing certainly between uh, multiple uh, multiple disciplines out there. And um, I think it really relies on the, uh, the 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 trust and the ability of your design build firm to understand uh, building needs from the very beginning and incorporate that from into the design. Uh, in budget from the very beginning. Um, yeah, Randy, do you remember your first design build project? You know, it it, it kind of morphed into we worked with a, a local design firm, um, and we just part, started partnering on on things. and And part of this came about because owners were um, they needed to know what things cost up front 
from the contractor. Yeah. And they were either going to a bank or going to their board or whatever it is. And so early in the process, uh, through just a few, maybe just a floor plan and a simple elevation, uh, we could kind of run some, run real numbers in, in, in pretty much real time what things are going to cost. And so it kind of evolved from, from that that early uh, consulting um, uh, on projects into uh, now we're, we're we're evaluating sites and doing all sorts of things uh, for owners prior to uh, actually um, uh, doing a contract for the building itself. Yeah. So we, you you also mentioned construction management, and I know that that's a relationship that we had with you on uh, the Boone Hospital South Campus. Uh, help. Help our listeners understand uh, when you take the role as a construction manager, how is that different from you being the actual contractor? Well, the uh, in in public forums, often the public entity, in your case, the um, the uh, board of trustees, actually hold the contracts for the architect and the um, and and the major prime contractors, and uh, it's a responsibility of the construction manager. To uh, to represent the owner and consult with the owner and uh, and maybe provide uh, supervision management services in the field. Um, so th- there's a lots of parts of design build and construction management that are very very similar uh, in terms of um, uh, representing the o- owner, collaboration, communication, uh, working with architects and 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 uh, uh, and subcontractors. And they're able, we're, as construction managers, they often uh, will help the owner select the architect, and then we'll put things out to bid to, to uh, subcontractors. It, it, you know, it's kind of interesting just to see how the, the industry is evolving. And I think that, you know, probably 20, 30 years ago, uh, a lot of this was a handshake deal, you know, with folks, and, and uh, uh, things just sort of got done that way. But I, I think... It, it sounds like the industry is is so much more sophisticated and uh just in the way that they do business and and um um as you know as you continue to have competition come into the market and and uh one of the things I want to ask you about is that I just sort of worry about sometimes but uh I see it in other industries but sort of encroachment in our market from from construction firms out of Kansas City and St. Louis are we seeing much of that uh anymore uh what what's the the What's the atmosphere like now for um, a local contractor? Well, I think, it, it, you know, the, the price of entry, like a lot of businesses, has gone up. So uh, the, you couldn't start the business that I've got with 500 bucks and a pickup truck as I did back in 1975. Um, the, the knowledge base that you have, sophistication that you have to have, understanding uh, regulatory uh, issues, ocean, city, county regulations, and those types of things. That being said, um, the as projects get larger in our county, uh, they are attracting uh, more and more outside uh, contractors uh, to come in to um, to bid against these things. There's a lot of, as in a lot of industries, there's a lot of consolidation in our industry. So bigger construction companies are gobbling up smaller ones, and then they they invade their markets. 
um, and, 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 and post offices there. Uh, I, too, am concerned about that. I mean, I, uh, everything, uh, in, of course, all of us even here locally with the latest pandemic issues and whatever, we're, we're very focused on trying to give business to each other as we can in the county because Fred you you told me I think you've got better statistics on this how many times a dollar turns over that's spent here in Columbia oh yeah seven or eight times so it's I mean it's a huge financial impact and so so if you've got a it's it's easy to build a million or two million dollar building here and that money turns over even five times um you know that's that's a tremendous economic impact yeah well you look at the shelter insurance uh, building that you're building right now we had matt moore on last weekend he was the ceo of shelter and very complimentary of his relationship with you but you know is that's a 30 million dollar project is that right i mean it's a, that's right yeah it's a, so you know that turns over five times i mean that's a 350 million uh uh 150 million, excuse me. <laughs> My math is slipping. Uh, but, uh, you know, $150 million economic impact, um, in this market. But, you know, it's probably going to turn over seven or eight times. So you can just imagine, uh, those dollars turning over in this community, supporting local subcontractors and, uh, feeding families that, that buy their groceries at local grocery stores and their gas at local gas stations. And so it, it is huge. It, it really is. Uh, we are visiting and, and, with, and, yeah, go ahead. And, Shelter is such a great community corporate partner. And, you know, one of the things when we started with them early on was um, um, they wanted to keep everything local. I mean, they 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 looked at contractors and they they wouldn't always take the lowest number because they wanted they wanted their dollars to stay here locally as much as, as they could yeah. and and working with the trustees i know when you were on the board that was something the trustees were interested in yeah. let's keep as many dollars as we can here in columbia or in our area in boone county wherever to keep um uh, to turn over and over yeah uh, we are visiting with David and Randy Coyle, the owners of Coyle Construction here in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, they're doing work all over the Midwest right now. We'll talk more about that, but, and we'll also talk about some of the buildings that you might see going up right now in Columbia, Missouri. And, and in the third segment, I'll have David and Randy tell you what some of those projects are. So stay tuned for that. David, I want to come back to you and, and just talk a little bit about the dynamics of a, of, of a multi-generational family owned business. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's great. You see, uh, I think 30, 40 years ago, we saw a lot more of it than we do today. But, but what are some of the dynamics associated with working in a, in a family owned, uh, multi generational business? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think one of the great things about it is, is the leadership that uh, you have, uh, some continuity there and, uh, some great teamwork, uh, to build off of. Um, I think Randy and I, you know, we're, we think a lot the same. Oftentimes I know what he's thinking across the room, but um, our personalities are very different and the way we approach things is very different. So it's really, a, it, it really, really plays on one another, um, our, our strengths and weaknesses, I feel like. Uh, so that's, that's been one of the, one of the great things. Um, you know, maybe one of the hardest things for me um, as, as the sun coming up is, is just earning that uh, respect, you yeah. know, to, to be there and uh, establishing, establishing yourself as a, um, you know, uh, as credible uh earning earning respect from just our you know tenured tenured employees some uh some you know some some people i i have to manage have been in the industry longer than i've been alive and and so you just really have to find your own um you know leadership style and and way to go about that humbly and and still figure out a way how to how to get what you want or what what what's figure out what's best for the company yeah do you all talk shop over sunday uh afternoon dinners or or do do you can you do you leave it at work (laughs) 
We get it in trouble when we do that. Yeah, uh, our wives, <laughs> children, etc. Uh-huh. We can't it. help it uh, at, from time to time. Yeah, and it's because we love it, and, yeah. and it's our lives, and yeah. and uh, and we enjoy uh, enjoy working with him. We, you know, part of the key to the transition was it was slow. Mm-hmm. And uh, David already knew a lot of folks uh, in the company. He grew around. He grew up here in the company. And so, as you said earlier, guys like Kevin and Mike Emmy that have been here forever, and Karen, um, you know, he's known them. David's known them forever. And uh, we have a real blending of strengths. I, you know, I started up. You know, I I flew this company by seat of my pants. I mean, I mm-hmm. I didn't have an MBA. I you know um, made sure I had enough money in there to pay payroll. David's a much more data-driven guy mm-hmm. than I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mine was uh, more touchy-feely, and he goes, let me see the money. Let me see the numbers. Does it work? And so th- those are both strengths um, uh, from time to time, and I, I, I think they work well together. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, Mid-Missouri's labor force. Now, I know that you guys are, are building some uh, uh, projects up in Nebraska right now and, and uh, in other markets, but uh, what what is the mid-Missouri labor force like, uh, maybe compared to other markets, but uh, is there a shortage of, of, of subs? From market to market, um, uh, it kind of depends on where you are. We're, we're currently working in Illinois, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas, besides Missouri. And as I, as I look at mid-Missouri um, uh, right now, um, it, it's difficult. There, uh, until March hit, and we we had, of course, the pandemic, and so a lot of some things slowed down, which we can we can talk about later. Um, there isn't enough tradespeople to do all the work that was out there in the, in the schedules that were being presented. Did people cancel their contracts? Did people decide to put off projects for, uh, thanks to coronavirus? Some, yeah, there have been, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, most, however, have been more postponed than, um, you know, it, it, for instance, if you own a restaurant, you know, I don't think I want to, or you're in the restaurant business, I don't think I'm going to open that other one right now till we can get more seating or whatever it may yeah. be. So yeah. those types of things, especially that that might have social distancing issues with their business. Um, are probably they're they're postponing for a little while. If you were talking to a kid uh, in high school right now that maybe has the option of going to a vocational school instead of going to college, uh, what what trade would you tell them to pursue for the for the ultimate return on investment? You know, in our industry itself, mm-hmm. oh gosh, there there are several great opportunities out there uh, right now that provide. Uh, in fact, we've done a lousy job as an industry over the year promoting our industry. In my opinion, yeah, uh, people don't realize that um, you know all of our companies now, especially in our commercial world, we're offering health benefits and and uh, 401ks and um, uh, retirement, vacation pay, and et cetera. And, and um, we're also offering incomes now that, that, that rival most or exceed those that might come directly out of college. Well, we'll continue that thought right after this break. We're up against another hard break, but we're going to find out. Listen, Stay listening. We're going to find out about some of the projects currently underway and what you should be doing if you're in high school right now. We're visiting with Randy and David Coyle. This is the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle.
Inside Columbia with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, your host this morning. We are visiting with David and Randy Coyle, the owners of Coyle Construction right here in Columbia. But uh, as you just heard Randy say, they are doing business all over the Midwest. So, Randy, I want to nail you down on that last question I asked you in the, in the second uh, segment. But uh, if I'm in high school right now and I want to make sixty or $70,000 when I graduate, uh, what, what should I be studying? What skills should I be trying to gain? Well, a lot of the trades are going to get you to that number anymore um, once you're there for, for a little while. Uh, certainly, um, if it's about money, um, you know, our trade – Electricians, iron workers, um, um, are 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 fairly uh, uh, high up there in terms of, of base pays, mm-hmm. but a lot of it too has to do with um, uh, the firm that you're working with, what mm-hmm. types of work they do, and so job satisfaction plays into part of this. If you're willing to travel, uh, some some firms it's uh, it's it's not difficult to make six figures with some firms. Yeah, um, that are out there. What's the hardest um, position to feel? right now what, what what do you have the toughest time getting done you know I, david may have a different uh, opinion uh, about this than i do i think that um, experienced superintendent that uh, um, really are great problem solvers and really good uh, at logistics and scheduling. And a lot of that just comes from experience. And we lost so many uh, uh, of our tradesmen in, in uh, the last recession in 2008 that just never came back yeah. um, to the industry. And so a lot of that expertise was gone uh, forever. So we train a lot of our guys and bring them up within the company um, to uh, a lot of our superintendents that we have right now. They've worked for us for 30 years. Some of them started as just sweeping floors as a laborer, and now they're, they're, they're doing very well. So, you know, I, I think that job satisfaction, willingness to travel, what is, it, what is it that you really enjoy doing with the industry? Because there's a lot of great paying jobs, whether it's an electrician or, or, or whether you want, to, uh, you want to do especially sidings, roofings, um, excavation. I mean, the Emory Sapp and Sons, I know um, uh, they, they hire a lot of folks out of the, out of, out of the Votech uh, yeah. side. And, and, and here you are sitting on mm-hmm. you know, a million-dollar piece of equipment that's uh, basically running off GPS, and it's a video game. Yeah. Um, and it's great pay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, let's talk about some of the projects around town uh, that Coil is involved with. I see your construction trailer in a lot of different places. Let's go to the intersection of Nifong and South Providence Road, Grindstone. Uh, what's going up on that corner? That is, uh, we're helping the Linder's properties with the um, basically a an overhaul of their shopping center there where um, former grocer moved out, a national chain, and, and when they moved out, um, uh, the lenders decided to uh, repurpose that to a uh, multi-tenant um, retail center, uh, kind of the new retail, as we call it. it looks uh, like they filled it up pretty quickly. Ha- it's, it's half full. There's still oh, okay. space to, to lease. Uh, Planet Fitness took the end cap there, and then mm-hmm. there's um, uh, Wolf's Doggy Daycare uh, and Grooming. Um, that's right next to it, and I think they still probably have about 20,000 square feet feet left that yeah. they're, they're, they're still looking for um, and then and then the outlot parcel there is a um, was a was a uh, shell piece uh, that the uh, landlord built for uh, Panera ah. actually 
Very good. So that's uh, that'll be then that's a Panaris currently across the street, but this one will have a drive-through. I understand. That's my understanding too, and yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, and I think with the uh, the whole happenings in March, I think there's there's been some um, some postponement. That's one of those that okay. got caught in, in the in the midst of of that. But yeah. I think they will be there eventually. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have around town? We we talked last weekend about the uh, shelter office building that's going up. Uh, any other projects that Coyle's working on in Columbia? Uh, we, we've got a great uh, church project actually off of um, uh, Chapel Hill Road on the west side of town for um, Christian Fellowship. Christian Fellowship yeah. Church. Yeah, I saw that going up. Uh, that's uh, that's really going to be. Um, that, that looks like it's going to be a huge church, and that's a very big piece of property. So they've they've got a lot of potential there. Looks like. There's yeah, I think they're putting in. That's going to be quite a quite an investment in expanding uh, that church property there. And you may have noticed if you were driving that way on Scott Boulevard that uh, we just finished a new club car wash, formerly Tiger Car Wash, right? Uh, located there on. Um, so they they now are up and running. You're building those all uh, over the country, I understand. We are. We've got those in several states. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a national trend that uh, now has become uh, parts of uh, large portfolios of um, of um, uh, different types of uh, venture capitalists and and um, and REITs, et cetera. Uh, so that that's new. Um, uh, we uh, we've been selected to uh, to work on the new Humane Society. Which is uh, is uh, working on uh, trying to get a building uh, out here on the uh, west side of town. Is that down on Strong Road? It is okay. And then uh, my understanding is that you you are getting ready to start uh, the new world headquarters of Midway USA. That's correct. Uh, they're going to build a new distribution center um, out uh, out west of town, uh, which will uh, we'll, they'll move a, a, a lot of their distribution out there as well as some of their office space. So that's that's up and coming. The old state farm, the State Farm building, um, as you know, state more and more of State Farm has moved out of that building, and more and more is being occupied by Veterans United. So a lot of uh, is that exterior or interior remodeling? That's interior, yeah. Uh, and uh, but it's been uh, there's quite a bit of, of uh, space in there that they uh, they're taking over. Yeah, I think um, that, that building is, as I recall, is a three hundred thousand square foot building. Um, and we just completed over seventy five thousand of it, I believe, that yeah. uh, they're they're moving into. Yeah. So it's that's uh, that's going to be a great project as well. Yeah. David, I know you're working with the Orschland family to build some retail stores up in Nebraska. Tell us about that project. Well, yeah, Orschland's has been a, a terrific uh, client to work for. Um, we, um, we're we on our third uh, farm and home store, ground up now, uh, with them uh, out of state. And uh, it's kind of been one of those one of those areas that we've been, been uh, expanding our capabilities in, in and is our capability to uh, travel with them. We're now putting things like cameras, job cameras up on our out-of-town projects and uh, have traveling superintendents. And we've always had, we've always had at least one traveling superintendent in the company. Now we now we're up to, uh, to seven, um, and uh, some of that technology we, we spoke about earlier has uh, uh, been a, a great uh, great resource for for our clients to use, and, and also um, you know to stay in touch with the with the projects. Um, so we wrapped up one that was uh, through a Nebraska winter up in Crete, and uh, we we just started a couple uh, a couple more one in El Dorado, Kansas, and in uh, in one in Seward. So yeah. uh, we're pushing to get uh, at least one of those open by Black Friday, and. 
And um, but you know, Orschlands does more than the farm and home stores uh, too. They, they've been a great um, you know great uh, pillar up there in Moberly uh, on their industrial side as well, mm-hmm. uh, making products uh, for tractors and, and airplanes and and plastics and electronics. Their electronics division is doing really well. So I'm really excited to see um, you know what kind of innovation they come up with here in the upcoming years. Yeah, absolutely. I got to tell you, I love sharp uh, shopping at those Orschlands farm and home stores. It's uh, uh, I mean, you talk about a wide variety of, of merchandise, but it's always an adventure to go into one of those stores. So uh, I'm glad they're doing so well. Um, let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus, COVID-19, and how that impacted you. We've only got a few minutes left, but I want to uh, talk about how you pivoted and, and how you responded to that change. Randy, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you on that. How did that change your world? We got very early in the game as uh, this became apparent that there was going to be some issues. And, and before any... any um, any local uh, health department orders came out. We started making uh, making um, some arrangements both in our field and our office, and and we basically followed the CDC guidelines: social distancing, the hand washing, uh, those types of things that we instituted not just in the office but in the field. People weren't allowed in our job trailers. We tried to separate people. Uh, we wiped down services and uh, or surfaces and equipment and those types of things. So um, our office, we we went to uh, uh, kind of of a blue team, red team, um, so that we would have on less than 10 people in the office for a while. I mean, that's been kind of lifted now. We still practice the social distancing. In terms of how it affected our businesses, you know, a lot there were, uh, we were considered in all the states, at least, in all the markets that we were working in, we were still considered essential businesses and were allowed by by all the local authorities to uh, continue to work. Uh, some did not issue new permits, uh, but, but we were allowed to finish what we were doing and same was true here in Boone County as we were allowed to continue to work and and um, um, so all of our projects uh, now have signage on them hand washing stations of course hand sanitizers and and um, and and of course we're trying to continue with education on that it certainly uh, changed the way that people look at business and, and certainly the way that we conduct business but uh, any permanent changes do you see uh, the work at home trend is that going to affect uh, some of your commercial projects you know, I, I it it already has a little bit, and you know, I was talking with David this morning, and, and I thought he made a very good comment about about that. He said, you know, um, some of these things were going to happen anyway. the The pandemic accelerated either the success of some businesses or in the demise of others. I think the work at home was already something that was becoming increasingly popular. But but there's also theories out there both directions on how it's going to affect the construction industry. As maybe theaters are not as popular and large gathering spaces, those same spaces will have to be remodeled and put into different type of working atmospheres. Offices, as people come back, may be further apart. So the the cube farms and some of the other things now may be further apart, more space may be necessary. So, you know, I think the jury's still out on how it's going to finally affect our business. But uh, right now, um, like and you and I have discussed this in the past, Fred, we lag behind a lot of the a lot of the economic uh, impacts. We're the projects that we're working on now were planned and. Um, Two years ago, one yeah. year ago, yeah. whatever. So, what when we'll really feel it will be more like twenty twenty two, yeah, twenty twenty one, yeah, yeah. Interesting, and you know, you're also sometimes the first to feel it too. We only have a minute left, but but let me. I want to talk a little bit about your 
connection to this community and, and uh, your support of the community uh, as part of your corporate culture. But talk about some. I know that you've been involved with the Welcome Home uh, Veterans Project. You all played a very active role in that. But talk about some of the other community things that you have been involved with. Oh, gosh. Uh, you're right. We, we, uh, I said earlier on, I love this community. And, and uh, you know, I met my wife here, raised two kids here. And, and it's it's been a great environment for for me and and my business, and we we owe it back to our community to give back to it. And so, uh, things like uh, um, one of the most successful food banks in the country in its time was was a pleasure to support and be a part of, mm-hmm. be on the board of. Um, uh, welcome home again, something now that other communities are looking at. We, it's such a successful project for for our homeless veterans. Yeah. Uh, so I see yeah, we're girls, we're running out of time here, but I see Job Point Relay for Life. Salute to veterans, uh, Susan G. Coleman, Stevens College, True North, uh, Woodhaven. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Check out their website, coalconstruction.com. We are in our last 30 seconds here, but I wanted to thank you both for joining us here on a Saturday morning and and, uh, telling us a little bit more about your company. It's it's really a great success story, 45 years uh, in the making and and giving back to the community, moving on to the second generation, and and, uh, a pleasure to have both of you on the show this morning. Fred, thank you, and, and thank you for your service to the community, to the Board of Trustees, and certainly as our commissioner. Well, my pleasure. David and Randy, thank you very much. That was David and Randy Coyle, owners of Coyle Construction. We'll see you next Saturday morning here on uh, the CEO Roundtable. You're listening to Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle. This city is my city, and I'm